0: Input Output Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got differing opinions on which movie our screwed-up civilization most resembles.
1: I did your job once. I was good at it. Ask you some questions.
0: Photos of the orange skies caused by the recent wildfires in the West reminded many of the imagery from the movie Blade Runner 2049. Inputmag.com newswriter Andrew Paul argues that it's well past time to accept that we are, more or less, living in the dystopian future that the Blade Runner movies predicted. Here he is reading an excerpt from his essay.
2: The sooner you accept that you are literally living within a science fiction dystopia comprised of deteriorating retrowave infrastructures overseen by technocratic oligarchs who plan to die on Mars, the easier your daily navigation of all this will be. The only thing differentiating our own reality in films like Blade Runner is a heightened sense of Hollywood dramatics.
0: Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be back. So many people on social media liken the orange skies caused by the California wildfires to the look of
2: Blade Runner 2049. Is that what inspired this essay? I think I was one of those people who thought of it around the same we all everybody kind of noticed it at the same time. I wasn't I don't think it was an original thought because it is so it mirrors those images that are in pop culture. So there's really no difference between the two at this point. And this has been kind of a growing sense for me for a while of those things that we thought were distant future concepts within science fiction that actually are in some ways coming true sooner than I think even some of those people who created those worlds anticipated. So yeah, I think it's been kind of a long time coming, but this week in particular has been a really, it's more of the settings too. It's the West Coast, it's LA seeing this, Las Vegas is seeing this. These are the places that are actually in these movies that are now just looking like movie sets from those films. So the original
0: Blade Runner took place in November 2019. So obviously, basically modern day. How does that bleak dystopia compare to our actual bleak dystopia?
2: So like I said in the piece, that really the only thing that seems to be differentiating us right at this point is a narrative, you know, to it in a way. Something that makes it a linear sense of sense. We obviously don't have the androids running around claiming to be humans. We don't have the cool decrepit flying cars. We don't have all that yet, but the sense of kind of a crushing state that kind of is looming above us, that sets the background of us, you know, L.A. and and Blade Runner, and even more so, I think, in, in the sequel, 2049, has that kind of looming omnipresence of corporations and martial law, given that the main characters in both films are also essentially detectives or members of the police force. I think that sense of societal imbalance. In those films, it takes more of the course of, you know, who is human from a technological standpoint. But at this point in the game for America, we're having that over racial lines and the people who are fighting back against the rights of uh, universal rights of everyone that that should be a thing in this country. As you point out in the piece you live in New Orleans, which is obviously prone to
0: being underwater someday, does that uh, affect your mindset in any way?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something that I've talked about with my partner and she and I and friends too. I mean, there's this, by being in New Orleans in particular, you know, we're facing down rising waters. You know, it's not far from the mindset on any given day. I mean, the hurricane that is hitting Pensacola right now was slated to hit us directly a few days ago. I mean, we just put the plants back up on our front porch this morning because this is something that's, it's only getting more and more regular, and it's go- it's only a matter of time before that sort of storm does not deviate its course again and go straight for a place like New Orleans. I mean, it deviated slightly and hit Pensacola, but New Orleans hasn't been able to run from eco-catastrophe for you know a few decades now. Uh, I think the rest of the coastal areas in some ways are catching up, or if it's just finally getting more press coverage, I think that might be the more of the accurate thing is that it's finally becoming – it, you can't avoid it anymore. You know, you, you can't avoid it in, in your daily lives anymore when you live hundreds of miles away, but the sky is still red, you know, something's up. So you cite a number of science fiction authors in your piece.
0: Is there anything that we can learn from scientific literature or film that might make us feel more optimistic about the future?
2: You know, I'm generally, after everything I just said, I like to think of myself as a generally optimistic guy when it comes to like the future of our species in general. I think it's going to be a really difficult slog to the other side of it. I, I like to think that at the end of things we're we're coming out better and brighter than before. But to me, with things like Blade Runner, this might be somewhat perverse in a way. While it is kind of a dismal background, I don't find those kinds of stories wholly pessimistic either. The whole point of those films, and and not just that film, but things you know, a lot of what Asimov has done, and a lot of what Arthur C. Clarke has done. And, you know, those are the, the granddaddies of it, obviously, but like that sense of finding a way forward and making a life for oneself and your loved ones, despite that, because humans being up against insurmountable forces, you know, such as a, an autocratic state or, or oppression or anything, that's nothing new, you know, that's the history of humanity. So it's really just changing the backdrop, but realizing that, There's always going to be a a struggle. There's always going to be a push to make things better. And it's recognizing that people have gone through at least as difficult challenges before and knowing that learning from those mistakes, I mean, and learning from what what we're being warned of in stories like Blade Runner or 2001 to a certain extent in in terms of technological hubris. (laughs) I think there's just comfort in knowing that we've always struggled that's just part of the deal of being conscious and being in this world especially in a modern world quote-unquote modern world like america these days you can follow andrew on twitter at
0: An andy paul now on to today's second story they broke into the
1: mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives
0: And dead meat. But you're never alone in the Chopping Mall. Even considering our worst moments, humanity's relationship with technology is still much too awkward to achieve dystopia. The world today is shaping up to be a lot more like the B-horror movie Chopping Mall than it is a sci-fi classic like Blade Runner. So argues InputMag.com news editor Cheyenne McDonald in a recent piece. Here she is reading an excerpt from her essay.
1: As far as analogues go, we're not living out the future envisioned by traditional science fiction. We're in a low-budget B-horror sci-fi, where the effects are cheap, the scripts are corny, and the scenarios disrupting everyday life are almost too bad to be believable. The world today is shaping up to be a lot more Chopping Mall than Blade Runner.
0: Welcome back to the show, Cheyenne.
1: Happy to be back, Mark.
0: So recently we had an input writer on Andrew Paul. He was talking about how things were a lot like Blade Runner now, and your essay seems to counter that a bit.
1: I wouldn't say I'm usually the one to take the optimistic route. I can be a bit of a cynic, but I edited Andrew's piece and worked with him closely on it, and he had some really strong takes there. The Blade Runner connections were being made by a lot of people, you know, not just that orange sky that we've all, like, come to link with Blade Runner 2049, but just the pervasive technology and law enforcement and everything with that, and it it makes sense. But what I see in our world today isn't necessarily that sophisticated. We do have tons of technology. We love it, and it is also being used in ways that we don't love. But we're just not that great at it yet. You know, all of the robots that we're deploying into sort of everyday use, they're still messing up a lot. And you see things like a Boston Dynamics robot dog, which is kind of creepy, but like the most it can do right now is dance and maybe do little scouting missions. So while these things do seem like they are on the way to that dystopic future that we all kind of think that we're in I think that we're not there yet it's not really a hopeless situation we still have such a long way to go i think and a lot of interventions to be made then and That's kind of where I see the separator. The public is really good at technology too and using it in our defense and against sort of oppressive forces. So I just think that I have a little bit more of an optimistic take and that's where the B-movies come in because they're corny (laughs) and they're extreme and that's kind of what we're living right now.
0: One of the B-movies you compare our present day to is Chopping Mall. For those not familiar, what is that movie about and how does it compare to our present day?
1: Chopping Mall is a fantastically bad movie. Like I I would wish everyone run out and see it. It's online and lots of streaming sites. And it is just so dumb. So essentially it's a bunch of teenagers who work in a mall, shop in a mall, they hang out there. They decide to stay overnight, you know, kind of party at the mall. But the mall just introduced these robot security guards, which can kind of zoom around and find shoplifters, that sort of thing. They're not supposed to be dangerous. They intercept and they call for further help. Kind of like what we've seen with things like Nightscope. There's like egg-shaped robots that just zip around to be there before the human gets there. But obviously the robots malfunction immediately and they just start killing people and it is so over the top and so ridiculous. Protector 1, Arnie, you take intruder.
0: There's another one! Protector 2, army. Assist Protector 1. The storm. Quick, let's, go. let's go.
1: And it's just, like, it's such a ridiculous example of how badly technology can just go wrong when we put it in the workforce and it's not necessarily ready yet.
0: In some ways, this is just a different kind of horrifying than our traditional visions of dystopia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in these dystopic scenarios, you see it's kind of like uniform that everybody is living in this way. This is like the norm now. But in situations like Chopping Mall, it's more of an isolated dystopia. So like, These teens are trapped in this mall with these chaotic, murderous security robots, but that's not everywhere. So we have kind of these little islands of horror. And that to me is what really is a lot like what we're seeing these days where we do sometimes, I mean, this year has been ridiculous, but we do to some degree have normal life, you know, and then suddenly you have these anomalous terrible events and they seem to be snowballing and maybe they're growing towards each other but they're still kind of just like islands of horror.
0: <laughs> so do you think it's just going to keep getting worse and worse?
1: I mean, yes and no. I think that it definitely has the potential to get worse and worse. I mean, right now we're all kind of riding the high of the Trump loss, but there are still of course real concerns going into the next presidency and things that need to be addressed and the systemic issues are still there. So things don't just get better overnight and they absolutely have the potential to keep going on a decline. But if you look at how fed up the just regular people were this year, you know, I've talked about that in the past on this podcast, but the like direct action of just regular citizens that we've seen this year in a way that you know, this country hasn't really seen in decades. That to me is kind of an indicator that maybe things don't have to be as bad as we are expecting them to be. It doesn't look like we're going down without a fight. So I don't see that scenario happening just yet.
0: You can follow Cheyenne on Twitter at underscore ShyMac, Mac and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.